Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Greg Schwartz at the Bleacher Report. Greg, what's going on? Not much. Getting ready for draft week here in Cleveland. Yeah. Get ready. Get right off into that draft week. Um, I don't know if it's getting the, the amount of coverage that I guess it would if the if the Cavs had a top 10 pick. Um before we get into basically getting into some of the names that we should be looking forward to the Cavs actually getting um, and breaking down, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. Um, you know, I thought it was an overall good series. Um, and, you know, I, I picked the Warriors to win the series. Um, I thought it was going to go seven. They ended up winning it in six. Um, what were your thoughts on pretty much I, – I thought Boston had an opportunity a few times um, to win that game. And it just, to me, seemed like – they just didn't have somebody that could get the ball up the court and kind of get them into some sets when they could have put put them away a little bit. Um, I, I did think Marcus Smart played well. I just don't know if he's the the ideal point guard to to have those guys be able to consistently get in and out of their sets and, and to be able to capitalize um, other than Tatum and, and, and uh, Brown going one-on-one or doing what they need to do. I thought Horford played well. Um, what, what do you think was a turning point in the series in, in terms of the Celtics versus the uh, Golden State Warriors? Yeah, my original um, uh, prediction that I had to make for Bleach Report was Warriors in six, um, but I was a little nervous after game one just because Boston went in and kind of punched them in the mouth in Golden State and won game one. And, you know, for all the series that we watched for the Cavs and Warriors, those four games, the Cavs never won that first game in the series. So that was shocking to see. Golden State lose at home. I thought after that, you know, they they, they never panicked. Um, you know, when they were down one zero, when they were down two one, and it was just always kind of uh, an even keel. Like, oh, we're okay, we're okay. Like, you know, they they just never panicked. They always stayed the course. Um, and then at the end of the day, they they had more experience than Boston did. This is a, a still a very young Celtics team. You know, you look at all their core guys; they're like twenty five and younger. Um, and Golden State, I mean, you've got guys that have been doing this for eight years, have been making finals trips there. So, um, and, and Steph Curry, for as good as, you know, you had Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, I thought they did a really good job moving Curry around, getting him off Smart, um, and just getting him a lot of open looks. And we finally saw, you know, Curry win that, that finals MVP trophy that, you know, he probably should have won in, in 2015, uh, came away with it now. So uh, as a Cavs fan, you know, you hate to see, Golden State win another title, but, you know, I said when the Warriors are healthy, 
they're four and one in the NBA Finals. There's only one team that could beat them, beat a healthy Warriors team in the Finals, and that was the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that was at least one positive I took away uh, from a Cleveland perspective watching that. Yeah, we get to Steph, getting to Steph Curry a little bit. Um, I told, I, I kind of told people it's kind of time to start relooking at some of this stuff, and and I, I like a lot of the old school guys. I, I love old school players, but I, I got a whole rant on the fact that they they see nostalgia is a funny thing. We we actually be valuing a lot of people, um, and we value them at such a high level. And one of the things that I I don't don't believe that people do is I don't believe that they they really hold old some of the older generations to the same standards. If you mention any old player from the 80s, all of a sudden they were just all-time greats and they were the best to ever do it. But but then you go to to the now, it's like, oh, well, they got one ring, you need two. You, you know, he only won two he won two rings, but he didn't he did it with another player that was good. And I'm sitting here saying like you guys are running around trying to parse hairs with 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 these picks and and how how successful they are. Uh, uh, Chris Mullen, no rings. Mitch Richmond, no rings. I can go to Chris Webber. I can go to uh, uh you could go to to David or David Robinson. Finally got a ring when Tim Duncan came around. But your Patrick Ewing's never won. Stockton Malone never won. Charles Barkley never won. All these guys are out ringless, but yet and still they'll, they'll tell you in a heartbeat why Steph Curry ain't that good. Yeah, I think, um, the, I mean, the ring argument is such a big part of it, right? And it's like every time somebody wins their next one, you know, whether it's, it's Curry going from three to four now, whether it was, you know, LeBron winning his first two, his third in Cleveland, his fourth in L.A., I feel like that moves you up the legacy ladder a little bit. But you also got to look in, at a, I feel like you have to look at how did this player help write the history of the game? You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the top ten players of all time, obviously Michael Jordan, LeBron James, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, these are guys that, you know, they're the top ten players of all time because they just completely changed um, the way we perceive the NBA. The history of the NBA cannot be written without them. And I think Steph Curry fits into that category. I think, you know, if you look at the top, I think he's a top three to four guy in the NBA in terms of impact made in the league, just how he changed it. Um, and you look at, you know, obviously the the game with it being so three-point heavy now, I, I think he's safely – I don't think anybody's going to argue he's the best three-point shooter of all time, um, even if, you know, the percentage-wise he might not have the best statistical individual seasons in the history of the game. But he's made the most three-pointers um, career-wise in the history of the game. He's going to obliterate uh, and, and really set himself apart from a lot of guys before his – careers over the fact that longevity i think plays a part of it the fact that he's 34 years old and he's doing this he's not he's not 25 he's not 26 he's 34 like he's a lot of guys 34 your career is about over and he just averaged 30 points per game in the nba finals and one mvp so um you know as, as much as we don't uh, typically speak highly of steph curry um in this area even though he is uh, an akron native technically born in akron um, I think he safely put himself in the top 10 players of M- uh, in NBA history. I don't know who I'm kicking off. I don't know if I'm moving Tim Duncan off that list. I, I don't know. But I think, uh, you know, you look at four, two unanimous or two MVPs, one unanimous, uh, four, four NBA titles, and just the impact that he's had on the game, I think he safely put himself as a top 10 player of all time. Yeah, I ain't got a problem getting Tim Duncan up out of there. If you got Dirk Nowitzki somewhere, he got to go. 
Um, I listen. He, I, I'm just willing to move a, a couple cats up out of here because, like you said, the impact is different. Uh, let's talk about it, it, switch gears a little bit and try to find if the Cavs can find somebody of impact in this draft. Uh, you know where we are drafting at. What are some of the names we should be looking for? And is there a guy that you think that if they could possibly fall to the Cavs, he could be a contributor next year? So it, there's a lot of like really good, you know, one to two skill guys in the middle of the first round. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can get a really good three point shooter. You can really get, you can get a really good defender. You can get a a three and D guy, but you're not going to get any complete players at that point in time. Whereas, you know, you would in the top five of the draft. So you have to say, okay, what's the most important skill set that we're looking for in number 14? For me, it's playmaking. It's, it's, it's offensive creation, because if you're going to move forward with a, if you're going to move forward with a, a, a starting lineup that features the Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and Larry Mark, and then you got Kevin Love off the bench for at least one more year, you need somebody who can get, shots for other guys and right now we have one guy that's really good at that in Darius Garland and we have two other guys in Colin Sexton if we resign him and Karis LeVert that yeah they can do it they're not great at it but they can do it so I'm looking at guys that can get shots for other people um so if you look in the middle of the, the first round I know I said his name before uh Malachi Branham from Ohio State I, I I still like him and he's a guy that if you look at most mock drafts he's hanging around that 14 spot. He might go a little bit sooner. I've seen him mock to the New York Knicks at number 11, but I think he could be there for the Cavs at 14. Um, and I, I said Dyson Daniels the last time I was on the show a couple of weeks ago. By 14, by the time the Cavs um, are drafting there. Uh, the other guy I like is Jalen Williams. Um, Santa Clara, he's a six foot six guard wing, um, averaged 18 points per game this last year. He improved his three point shooting. Average 4.2 assists. He's a guy that um, he has a really high defensive ceiling too. I think he has a seven foot two wingspan. He can guard multiple positions, and he's a guy that can create a little bit for other people. So that that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at guys who can create a shot for somebody else. Um, they don't have to be a great three point shooter. If they are, that's great. They don't have to be a great defender. If they are, that's wonderful. But I'm looking for playmakers in the middle of the first round. Um, and I'm looking for guys that still have a lot of high upside. As much as we want a guy that we can plug and play and he's going to contribute immediately, that's great. The Cavs are not going to win a championship next year. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They might compete for a championship in two or three years. I'm still looking for guys that have that high ceiling. I don't need them to contribute immediately. I would rather take a guy um, that, like I said, has a little bit higher upside. Talking to Greg Schwartz on the North Onset Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline from the Bleacher Report. Uh, last year, we we knew um, all of the regurgitated top five prospects because guess what? We had a top five pick. So, obviously, you get, you pay a little more attention when you have the assets to pick one of those guys. We're not so high this year. Um, but let's talk about some of the, uh, the prospects that could be going off the board in top five. And where do you have this class ranked at as far as, like, you know, is this a can't-miss class? Is there a guy in this draft that we should be looking at that is going to be – all NBA type guy or franchise player. What's the top of this uh, this draft look like? I think there's going to be four guys that are going to be all stars, and and that's it. And I mean that's not bad. That's that's and I think they're going to go in the top four. I think you have your three big guys. Your Jabari Smith Jr. looks like he's going to go number one to the Orlando Magic. He's he's not the defensive prospect that Chet Holmgren is. He's not the offensive prospect that Paolo Banchero is. But he's kind of like the best of both worlds where he can be like this 
Um, six foot ten, two twenty. He's a good defender. He's a good three point shooter. Uh, he can take guys off the dribble. I think he's going to be really good for Orlando. Um, and and after that, we really don't know who's going to go number two. If it's going to be Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, um, a guy that's seven foot tall and and weighs as much as an eighth grader, um, I think that's <laughs> going to be that's, that's going to be. He's, he, he, give him a couple years because I think he does have that Evan Mobley type defensive ceiling. I really think he does. And he's a good three-point shooter. If if you think you're going to plug him in right from day one and say, "Hey, go guard Joel Embiid," that ain't going to happen. But if you give him a couple years, you stick him at power forward for a while. I think he could be a, a defensive player of the year candidate, which which I said about um, Evan Mobley before he got drafted too, and I still very much believe that. Um, Paolo Benchero, I think is going to be uh, he's going to be top three guy. I really like him. Again, he doesn't have the defensive ceiling, but uh, I, I think he'll, he's either going to go to OKC at number two, Houston at number three. And then number four, Jaden Ivey is going to be the pick from Purdue, but I don't know who's going to take him. Sacramento owns the pick. Um, I know Adrian Wojnarowski reported that there's a number of teams that are trying to move up to number four to get that. Sacramento is a team that they want to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know that they really want to take a guard in that spot after taking Davion Mitchell number nine overall last year. They still have De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think that Ivy is going to be the pick. I really like Jaden Ivy. I think he's going to be an all-star in this league. I just don't know what team is going to trade up and get him, but whoever does, um, it's going to be worth it. No matter what they have to give up, it's going to be worth it. Because after that, I think you're going to have a lot of quality starters. I think you're going to have a lot of really good role players. Um, but I think this is a four-player draft. I think there's going to be four all-stars, and everybody else is going to be pretty good. Wow. Well, uh, I guess this, this is the year uh, to not have a top five pick, right? <laughs> if, if you got a top four pick, you're doing great. After that, you're still going to get a good player, but I just don't think there's going to be uh, a whole lot of all-star talent after that first four. Um, really quickly, uh, a couple of minutes here left uh, with uh, uh, Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. Now, you look at the, the landscape of um, of the NBA right now. You talk about the Cavs could make the playoffs next year. You think they will. They're not going to win a championship or anything. I'm, is it me? I, I don't see any moves out there that are going to immediately move the needle on the Cavs. I think they just have to count on that guys develop over the summer because I, I don't really see anybody that you can say, all right, I'm going to move Colin Sexton for this person and we're instantly going to be better. I think it's just all about development of the guys, the, your core guys, like, you know, your Mobley's, your your Garland's, your Jared Allen's, me, and obviously Sexton. Um, it, am I crazy in saying that? No, I, you're 100% correct. Um, and that's not a bad thing either, because if you look at two years ago, Darius Garland looked like one of the worst players in the league yeah. when he was a rookie. Um, he and And now he's an all-star. Um, you know, before last year, I think a lot of people would have, you know, if, if the Philadelphia 76ers would have called the Cavs and said, hey, we'll give you Ben Simmons for Darius Garland, I think a lot of people would have said, like, wow, that's a great deal, you know, for Cleveland. Like, let, let, you get a three-time All-Star for a guy that, you know, he, he was good last year, but he was he stunk it up as a rookie. And then look how much of a difference one year can make, where Simmons missed an entire year. Darius Garland is an all-star, looks like a top 10 point guard in the league already. You know what I mean? Just from one summer of development, one summer of putting that work in, being in the weight room, you know, being in the gym, I think that's really where the Cavs improvement is going to come. I think if you look at, you know, obviously 
Garland is an all-star. Jared Allen was an all-star. Mobley is going to be the guy that eventually this whole team is going to revolve around. And he's going to be the guy that's going to give you 20 and 10 every night. He's going to play elite defense every night. Um, His playmaking is only going to get better. His three-point shooting is only going to get better. He's going to be the guy that is going to make an all-star team every single year. And you might get Garland in there some years. You might get Jared Allen, depending on, you know, their positions and how everybody else is doing. But Evan Mobley is the key to all of this for the Cavaliers. He was the prospect that we had been waiting for for years. And that's great that we got all this other talent around him. That's wonderful. But Evan Mobley could not put on weight last year because of just the amount of running up and down the court. You give him this whole offseason to get bigger, to get stronger, to work on his three-point shooting he is going to be an all-star every single year. He's going to quickly become a top 10 player in the NBA. He's going to win defensive player of the year. And he's the guy that everybody else is going to gravitate around. So even if we don't go out and we don't trade for an all-star, we don't do all this, that's fine. Because if he develops and everybody else continues to take the next step around him, that's all this Cavs team needs to make the playoffs next year. Great stuff, Greg. I appreciate you coming on with short notice, man, uh, dropping that knowledge. Make sure you go check out Greg Schwartz uh, and all his articles over at the Bleach Report. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.